Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast for developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Remember, you can join me on Wednesdays, Mountain Standard Time at 12 noon on my three social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. It's live Q&A. It's time for you to pick my brain on anything you have questions about related to the podcast or anything marriage related. Just like in high school and in college, you'd go to your professor or your teacher's office hours to pick their brain. Likewise, I have office hours so you can pick my brain. So take me up on it. Today, I'm going to talk about five vacation mistakes to avoid with your partner. Some of you may know, I just got back from vacation with my partner, my wife. We went to Utah. We took a road trip to see the national parks there. And we've had a lot of vacations through the years. We've been married since 1999. And so it's given us a lot of experience with vacations together, things to do, things not to do. And I've definitely made my fair share of mistakes along the way. So I thought it'd be appropriate to put all those mistakes together to help you avoid some of those same mistakes. So to begin with, I highly recommend taking at least one vacation a year with just your partner. That means no kids. That means no extended family members. That means no friends. Just you and your partner. You need that once a year time with your partner on vacation to get to know each other again, to have adventures together, to recreate your friendship, So if you're not currently doing that, having a once a year vacation with just you and your partner, I highly recommend it. It can inject a lot of just positive energy back into your relationship, but you have to be careful you don't make some mistakes. And that's what I'm gonna go over today. So the first mistake to avoid is not planning the vacation together. It's so easy to not plan it together. One of you might be more of the planner, And so you're the one researching, you're the one looking up everything, you're the one booking the hotel, you're the one booking the activities, and you may or may not consult with your partner. And the risk with that is if you show up to stay at that hotel or you show up to do that activity and it doesn't go over very well or it's not a very good hotel or it's not a very fun activity, now your partner's looking at you that you made the mistake and then you're feeling frustrated because you put in all the work to pull off the vacation. So it can create an uneven workload feeling and it can make you feel unappreciated and it can set you up to be judged if the experience isn't a positive one. So I've had to learn this the hard way because I'm more of the planner in our marriage and I've made the mistake a lot of times of scheduling everything, planning everything, and then it doesn't turn out very well. And then my wife wasn't very pleased and then I felt unappreciated And so it's led to conflict and it's led to problems. So I've learned through the years, plan the vacation together. So do that with your partner. Next time you have a vacation, sit down with your partner, decide together on what hotel you're gonna stay in. Decide together what activities would be fun to do. Decide together where you wanna go. So that will make both of you more equally invested and it'll share the workload and then you're both responsible if it doesn't turn out quite as planned. Mistake number two is not paying for the vacation in cash. This is a common trap a lot of couples fall into where they go into debt to pay for the vacation. That's a terrible idea. 
because then during the vacation, you're gonna be thinking in the back of your mind, ugh, we're going into debt for this. We're gonna have to make payments on this. And then when you get back from the vacation, you may have had a great vacation, but then the stress sits in, sets in of now we have to make these payments. Now we have to pay off the debt of the vacation. And it can sabotage the positive feelings of the vacation. So don't go in debt for vacations. So that may mean you have to adjust your expectations. You may wanna have a luxurious beach vacation, but maybe you don't have the cash for it this year, and that's okay. Do what you can afford in cash. This last vacation my wife and I took, it was a road trip. We got in our car, we drove nine hours to Utah to see all the national parks. So it was a very affordable vacation. We didn't have any airfare, we didn't have any car rental. The only expense we had was food, hotels, and gas, and entrance into the national parks. So it was a very affordable vacation. We did it all in cash. And so I highly recommend you doing the same thing. Don't start with what's the ideal vacation. Start with what can we afford in cash? What can we afford so that we're not going into debt because that's gonna sabotage the positive experience of the vacation. Number three, the mistake to avoid, not resolving most of your resentments before the vacation. Don't think that you can just waltz into a vacation with lots of resentments between you and your partner. If you do that, you're probably gonna have a lot of conflict on the vacation because it's concentrated time together with someone you have a lot of resentments with. That's not gonna go well. So if you're in winter in your marriage, you have a lot of resentments between you and your partner, before you even think about going on vacation, work through the resentments. Doesn't mean you have to work through all of them, but you do wanna work through the majority of them. So make a list of all your resentments and then use my tool, the reunite tool. Look it up on Google, reunite tool. Follow that method. If you can't follow that method constructively with just you and your partner, then work with one of my coaches, one of my relationship coaches, and they will train you on how to use it, and they will work with you as you go through one resentment at a time. You have to do that, because again, if you don't resolve most of your resentments before the vacation, you're gonna have a lot of tension and conflict during the vacation. And I made this mistake one time. This was about 10 to 15 years ago. My wife and I were in winter. We had a lot of resentments that had not been resolved at that point. And we took this luxurious vacation to Kauai. And I was so excited to go to Kauai. I was looking forward to it. I've never been there. And I remember we took a hike on the Nepali Trail. If you've never done this hike, I highly recommend it. You hike along the coast in the jungle. So on the right, you're looking at the ocean. And then about a mile or two in, you turn left and you go into the jungle for about another mile or two. And you get to this 200 foot waterfall that's all natural and you can swim in the pool at the bottom. But you know what? I didn't enjoy that hike because we were in constant conflict because we had a lot of unresolved resentments and it sabotaged the entire vacation. And so even though we have a picture of that hike hanging on our wall, when I look at it, I remember, man, we were in a massive conflict during the entire hike and it ruined the hike even though it was the most beautiful hike I've ever done in my life, it was sabotaged 
because I made the mistake of going into that vacation with a lot of unresolved resentments. So don't make the same mistake. Number four, not discussing your expectations. It's very important to get on the same page with expectations on vacation. All of us have different expectations. One example is how often are we gonna have sex? High libido partners may go into vacation thinking, I wanna have sex every day. Low libido partners may go into vacation thinking, I don't care if we have sex at all, or maybe once. And so that's something to talk about. How often should we have sexual contact? How often should we have sensual time during the vacation? You may discuss it and think, well, let's just play it by ear. Or you may discuss it and think or come to the conclusion of, well, let's at least have it twice. You want to get on the same page because if you have different expectations and you're not talking about it, one of you is going to be disappointed. Also, you want to talk about what should this vacation look like? Should we spend our days doing activities? Should we spend our days just lounging and reading books? Should we spend our days having a lot of quality time and talking? Everyone has different expectations. One partner might be hyperactive, they like to be on the go. Another partner might might be more sedate and they wanna just relax and lay around. You wanna talk through the expectations because if you don't, one of you is gonna be disappointed and that leads to a lot of conflicts in vacation because couples aren't talking through, what are your expectations? And do this in two ways. Talk about your overall expectation of the vacation such as, What are the main things you wanna get out of this vacation? That's a great question to ask each other. What are the main things you wanna feel at the end of this vacation? What are some of the top things you wanna make sure we do during this vacation? What are some of the top relationship goals we should have for this vacation? Talk through those questions because that will help you develop similar expectations and to see what your partner has on their agenda because most of us have hidden agendas when we go into vacation. And then you wanna have that same conversation every morning. So every morning when you wake up together, you wanna also check in. Hey, what are your expectations for the day today? What would you love for our day to look like? What are your hopes for our day today? What should we accomplish today? How should our day look? And then you share what you would like to do for the day and what your expectations are for the day and what your ideal day would look like. So it's it's both an overall vacation discussion of expectations, but it's also something you wanna check in with every single morning so that you develop a unified front on what the day is gonna look like. Again, otherwise, you're gonna have different expectations, there's hidden agendas, and then often that leads to clashing and that leads to conflict. The fifth mistake you want to avoid is not sharing power. So this comes right out of number four. So if you're talking about all these different expectations, next you're going to have to share power because you're going to have different expectations. And so if partner A is calling all the shots on what you're doing, that's going to lead to problems. If partner B is calling all the shots, that's going to lead to problems. So as you're discussing these different expectations, then you have to share power and you have to consider how can we compromise? How can we meet your need for that and my need for this? You know, what could this look like? Sometimes you may be willing to give in and let your partner have their agenda for the day 
as long as the next day you're going to do your agenda. Or maybe you split the day. Maybe the first half of the day you do your partner's agenda, and then the second half of the day you do your agenda together. But this is where you share power. You want to be striking compromises. You want to have a give and take. You want to be trying to meet in the middle with both of your expectations because that's going to lead to fulfillment for both of you. So for my wife and I, when we were in Utah, we had lots of opportunities to share power. And we were really trying to practice this. So every morning we would talk about what should the day look like? What are your expectations? What are my expectations? My wife really wanted to hike a slot canyon. If you don't know what that is, look it up, slot canyon. It's a canyon that's really narrow. And it can get so narrow that you have to turn sideways and wiggle your way through. So she's always wanted to hike slot canyons, and Utah has a lot of them. And so our last day we were there, I knew she really wanted to do it, but she was starting to give up because we couldn't find anywhere we were, and she was starting to feel discouraged. And so I said, well, let's go to the visitor center at Capitol Reef National Park where we were staying, and let's ask the people who work there because they would know the best. So she's like, okay. So we go there, and sure enough, these people had like a printout of here's the top three slot canyons. They were all about 20 to 30 minutes away. I didn't really want to do a slot canyon personally because I knew it was going to be a lot of hiking out in the desert trying to reach the slot canyons because you have to hike about two miles to even get to them. And it was a hot day, and it's a lot of just rock and clay and dirt. So I really didn't want to go to do the slot canyons, but I knew it was one of her hopes. It was one of her expectations. It was one of her goals was to be able to to hike a slot canyon. So in the spirit of sharing power, I said, let's do it. I'm willing to do that for you. So we did it. So we did this hike. It took about three hours. We hiked around four miles, four to five miles. And it was hot. Felt like we were getting baked. We both got burned. But... It made my wife really happy because that was part of her expectation, part of her hope was to do a slot canyon hike. And so we did it. And I'm glad that we did because it was bonding for us. It was an adventure together. We had some great photographs. And at the end of the day, it made her happy and it was good for our marriage. And there was moments where I really enjoyed it as well. So that's an example of sharing power, checking in on expectations and then accommodating each other's hopes and expectations and trying to meet in the middle. So those are five mistakes to avoid when vacationing with your partner. Number one is not planning it together. Number two is not paying for it in cash. Number three is not resolving most of your resentments first. Number four is not discussing your expectations. And number five is not sharing power. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, click the five stars and leave a review. And the best way to pay it forward is tell one person about the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast today. If you would, text someone right now about the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If this podcast has helped you, it's going to help them. For more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you nurture it and care for it, it will grow and heal. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.